Christianity is no more and no less than a relationship with the God who creates us and saves us. That bears repeating. Christianity is no more and no less than a relationship with the God who creates us and saves us. So what does a relationship look like over time? We've all seen the cycle in romantic relationships. First comes the elationship, that head-over-heels feeling of heart-pounding excitement where everything feels perfect and nothing can go wrong. Then, as the relationship develops, there is a deepening of sharing and understanding where the true nature of the other person begins to be revealed. And this revelation, hopefully, inspires love and attachment. After revelation comes commitment, often marked by marriage and moving in together. Commitment is always hard work with difficult adjustments, but the joy, excitement, and newness of the early relationship remain, and these allow the difficulties of commitment to be overcome. Eventually, though, the newness dulls and the relationship settles into routine. Our relationship with God progresses in the same phases. First, there is conversion, where we feel overwhelmed and elated by his love for us. This feeling of being loved then inspires us to learn more about God. And this revelation increases our fondness and attachment to him. After that, we decide to commit ourselves to God. Maybe through baptism and confirmation. Maybe by taking on a ministry or vocation. And then, eventually, just like with romance, our relationship with God settles down to the point of being routine. Now, routine is not necessarily a bad thing. We have all seen beautiful, decades-long marriages where the daily service of husband to wife and wife to husband is a moving example of a love that is as profound as it is ordinary. That same beautiful, ordinary love is expressed with God through our daily prayer, our devotions, our masses, our habitual acts of service, and the like. Many of us, however, are not content with routine. We believe that if something is not exciting, it is broken. So when our relationships become dull or boring, we no longer see the requirements of those relationships as expressions of love, but as burdens imposed upon us. In our families, we begin to resent going to work or doing the dishes or driving the kids. And with our God, we begin to resent our prayer, our virtue, and our service. A routine relationship begins to feel like a compelled relationship. This is why Jesus tells us the parable of the unprofitable servant. We naturally feel for the servant. 
We understand the difficulty of agricultural work and are offended that this servant should be given no rest before having to undertake another domestic duty. We feel this because we feel it in our own lives, in our own domestic and religious duties. And yet, the assumption of the parable is that this is what servants do. The servant has not been asked to take on additional responsibilities or to do anything that would have been thought unreasonable in the cultural context. The servant has merely been asked to do his job. Jesus here is challenging our resistance to our natural responsibilities. If we are a student, why should we resent our homework? If we are a spouse, why should we resent our domestic duties? If we are a parent, why should we resent raising our children? If we are a priest, why should we resent prayer and the sacraments? We are all merely unprofitable servants, doing what we have been asked to do. But let's go deeper on this. Nearly every philosopher from ancient times until today has agreed that the ultimate human concern is happiness. Everything we do and everything we believe is oriented toward trying to achieve happiness. So when we resist our routines, when we push back against a relationship that has become regular and unexciting, it is because we believe that these responsibilities and relationships are limits on our happiness. We believe that in order to be happy, we have to be completely free and unrestricted. In one sense, we are correct. Freedom is thrilling, while routine is not. But to equate the thrill, to equate a thrill with happiness, is to believe a lie from the devil. Happiness is a long-term project, and no one who constantly jumps from one thrill to another, who never settles down, who never takes on responsibilities, no one who avoids routine will achieve true happiness. Similarly, no one who believes that freedom must be completely unrestricted can ever be truly happy. Why? It is because the only one who knows what will make us happy is God himself. It is God who created us and sustains us. It is God who knows the core of our being. And it is God who sees the big picture of our lives. If we want to be happy, we had better follow God's plan. Because if we follow our own plan, we are going to get horribly lost and confused. Unfortunately for our thrill-seeking hearts, following God's plan for our lives looks like relationship, which means that it often looks routine and unexciting. It often looks like fulfilling various responsibilities 
to God, family, and neighbor, day in and day out, without complaining. It often looks like being unprofitable servants. Of course, even though we are absolutely confident that following God's plan for our lives is the surest path to happiness, this does not mean every single moment is going to look happy. Many of us often feel like the author of the first reading. How long, O Lord? I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and clamorous discord. But how does God respond? In the first reading, he says, The vision still has its time, presses on to fulfillment, and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. The rash one has no integrity, but the just one, because of his faith, shall live. In other words, God says, Stay the course. Trust me. I will take care of you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the question that all of us face. Do we trust God? Do we trust him to take care of us? Do we trust him to lead us to happiness? This is why the parable of the unprofitable servant follows Jesus' answer about faith. It is an extreme act of faith to trust God, even in the midst of violence and chaos, even in the midst of the dullness of routine. How can faith like this move a mulberry tree? Because it is God himself who moves the tree. Our mustard seed of faith is what is required to follow the plan of God for our lives, even when we do not know where it is leading, even when we cannot see the big picture. He knows how the tree will move, and it is through our obedience as unprofitable servants that his plan will be carried out. Again, I do not want to suggest that any of this is easy. All of us will experience suffering. But suffering is not opposed to happiness. If we serve God as unprofitable servants, he will use that act of faith to turn even our suffering toward the good, to make even our suffering increase our happiness. In my own life, I think about how much I hated my time in seminary. I was bored. I was depressed. I resented God for making me give up my twenties, and I resented God for making me pray every day, even though it was often uninspiring and dry. I resented the routine, and I resented the dullness. But when I was finished, 
I could not deny that my time in seminary had made me a better person, a more patient person, a more loving person, a more prayerful person, a happier person. By following the plan that God had set for me, by acting as an unprofitable servant and doing what I was asked to do, God worked truly incredible graces in my life. Since that time, I have never doubted that he has a plan and that his plan will succeed if I simply follow him. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I know that obedience to God, to the Church, and to our responsibilities can be as boring as it is difficult. I know that we can feel burdened like the servant in the Gospel. I simply want to encourage you to stay the course. God knows what he is doing, and if you follow him unreservedly, he will take care of you.